Hello, ladies and gents, Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I've got special guest Michael Wilcoxon on. I met him at the NAC competition. He did some guest posing. He was on the panel, and he is huge. He is the Keto Hulk on Instagram, and for good reason. He's been keto a lot. He's got a bunch of clients. We dove deep into nutrition, uh, metabolism. We talked quite a bit about hormones, testosterone, all that good stuff, but we really dove into a lot of mindset, and I didn't really expect the conversation to go that direction, but I'm glad it did because we talked about like mentality, stoicism, uh, how to excel in life, how to get out of hardships, how to push through hardships and make them work for you. So really enjoyed the conversation. We talked about kind of practical things you could use for your nutrition and for your training, but also lifestyle type tips and mindset tips that you can apply to every area of your life. So sit back, relax, enjoy this podcast with Michael Wilcoxon. And Michael, we're live. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good, good. I uh, I met you for the first time at the NACA competition, and I honestly didn't know what to expect because I'd never really seen your uh, your stuff much before that. And then I, I saw you were going, and I was going, so I started stalking you on Instagram, and I'm like, man, this guy's freaking huge. And then I saw you in person, I'm like, man, this guy's <laughs> even bigger than I thought. So I feel like the Keto Hulk Instagram name works for you, man. Well, it, uh, I just want to say, first off, I appreciate that, but but you're in great shape yourself, I have to say. <laughs> I'm in good shape, but I don't have the size that you do, man. I mean, give, give me a, give me some background. Like, have you been, you haven't been keto your whole life, right? You've been uh, doing like a traditional bodybuilding style, uh, you know, bro diet, I guess, probably like where we all started. Well, um, my background is a little bit different. So, you know, I've always been an athlete mm-hmm. um, and I played football in college. I played for the University of Texas. That's why I actually moved to Austin. I've, I've lived here since 2007. So um, I, I ended up getting a full football scholarship. And my grandpa played football at the University of Houston. So I'm built a lot like my grandpa. Mm-hmm. But I grew up eating uh, lots of chicken fried steaks, gravy with extra gravy, just honestly a bunch of junk until one day my dad was like, you know, if you keep on eating that way, you're going to be fat when you're older. And I kind of needed to hear that, so I started thinking about it, and I started eating a lot healthier. So um, I, I grew up just eating kind of a – where I'm from is kind of country, so, you know, we didn't have the best habits. Um, but um, as I've gotten older, you know, I, I ended up studying fitness and health promotion in college, getting really into the nutrition side of things. And then a few years ago, um, I actually took some exogenous ketones – and I felt great. So I was like, wow, these are kind of expensive. They were kind of expensive for me at the time. So I was like, you know what, why don't I try this diet thing? Because I, I'm feeling really good. And I used to do sales. So I used to sit at a desk, and make phone calls all day, which I used to study really bad and made, made myself do that. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing really well over time. But when I did the ketogenic diet, I noticed uh, my anxiety was much lower. I was a lot calmer my baseline of energy and my mental function was um, my clarity was much better. And especially doing phone sales, it, it really helped a lot. So that's kind of my experience. And during that time period, shortly after when I did really well there, I ended up being a treatment coordinator at a uh, men's health facility. And I actually got lab work done for free every six weeks. Oh, wow. So I could, yes. And so I could literally see how my lab work would change based on how I changed my diet. 
So that's when I started really, really getting into keto. And I saw my HDL go up 39 points, my LDL go down, triglycerides go down, all the things that you hear about. I didn't hurt anymore. And I used to have a lot of pain from football. Uh, my neck, you know, was really tight and stiff and it was hard for me to turn my head and all of that started going away. So um, let's just say I was after that, I was like, you know, I was kind of nervous to try anything else. And now I, I try, you know, different kind of diets for my clients because I think the best diet is the one you're going to stick to. Mm-hmm. And I do think the keto diet is superior to a lot of other ways of eating, but I like to try different things. So I have more tools to use for my clients, but um, yeah. So, so to answer your question without going off too mu- on too much of a tangent, hopefully I didn't do that. No, um, no, not at all. <laughs> so what, like with regard to the, like time frame, when was it, like how long ago was it that you, that you had that exogenous ketones and you started kind of playing around with the diet itself? That was in 2014, 2015-ish. Um, and I actually wasn't in great shape during that time period. I had kind of, I, I'm sure you probably have certain years where you're in better shape than others. Mm-hmm. And um, that time period in my life, I wasn't quite as focused. And then uh, there was a time period where, you know, I came off the diet. I, I tried to put on as much diet as possible with carbs. But the thing is, anytime I have eaten carbs, I've realized that my body doesn't like a lot. And 150 or 200 is like the highest I usually go. I don't need to go higher than that ever. Uh, I just start feeling... I just start hurting really bad. A matter of fact, when you saw me, I had a bodybuilding show the week before, and also it was my birthday, so I kind of ate what I wanted, and I and I literally gained about 22 pounds of water just from that one week, and uh, I I kind of wasn't wanting to guest post, <laughs> but then it, it I I lost a little bit of water right before, so it was a little bit better, you it, know. But uh, it is crazy, man. Yeah, like people don't get how how much how how much the body can fluctuate just off of water weight alone. And if you're going no. through like a, a competition prep and you have a show and then you you just totally eat a ton of carbs afterwards, I mean it's not abnormal to gain twenty pounds in a day or two. Like no. that happens all the time. Yeah, well, and, and luckily because I didn't do horrible. You know, most of that was water weight, like we're talking about. But I'll tell you. Um, I've been kind of doing a little bit more paleo for the past few weeks just because there's just times where I come off the diet um, just to get, you know, just mentally change it up a little bit. But honestly, I always go back to keto like not 85 to 90% of the year just because I feel better. And already in my forearm, my tendons are already bothering me. And that's why every single time I start getting inflammation really bad. And I've eaten real, I've eaten pretty clean, even though I've eaten a lot of calories. I've eaten clean, but... I just have never experienced quite the anti-inflammatory properties as I have with the ketogenic diet with any other meal plan or diet ever. I just never have. Um, and I'm doing more paleo now. It's still working, but my tendonitis still is, it's really aggravated and it flared up really fast in a matter of weeks from not being on keto. Yeah, I feel like so, there's a couple uh, nutritional protocols, like, and, and there there is evidence that suggests... Um, Actually, I don't even want to go there. there. There's there's people that assume that they're seeing some kind of performance benefit from carbs. Like they, they will get a better pump, I and mean, you oftentimes do get a better pump when you have more glycogen, more water is forced into the muscle cells. So a lot of people do experience a better yeah. pump with carbs. However, I feel like the 
the anti-inflammatory effect of keto, I feel like that's, I mean, you can't really, you know, look away from that. Like having very minimal inflammation is going to improve your recovery time and the frequency at which you could train a certain muscle. So I feel like that, that one factor kind of basically outweighs any, any momentary benefit you would get from all these other nutritional protocols, if that makes sense. Yes, uh, uh, exactly. And I, I know even that with some of the, quote, healthy carbs, some of them have anti-inflammatory benefits. But like I said, I've never had anything that works as well as the keto diet for, for inflammation or even mental clarity and just having a higher baseline of your normal energy levels. There's no dips. You just feel good all the time. I sleep better. And I'm not trying to be like a billboard or commercial. It's just I like to experiment and remind myself of why I do what I do. You know what I mean? Right, um, for sure. Yeah. So um, I'm about to transition back into keto. I, I've kind of experimented with paleo a little bit. And honestly, overall, I've liked it. But it just, I just feel way too good. My body loves keto. It just, I, it's hard for me to get away from it for too long just because I like how I feel all the time. And like you were saying, the pump aspect is fun and everything. But that only lasts so long, and then I hold water like crazy. I mean, worse than most people, especially around my stomach. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, it's interesting. So I do, I do some modeling and acting on the side. And there's actually some big projects I might be part of coming up. I can't, I can't really say too much. Some good opportunities in LA. Some awesome just blessings that have come our way. Well, congrats, but man. The, thanks. Thanks. Uh, and, and depending on what look they're, what they're looking for, and, 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 and I know you can attest to this, the more muscle you have, the more your weight can fluctuate with the water, right? Totally. So totally. if I need to look, have more of a model look and look kind of slimmer and not quite as blocky or muscular, I'll do keto for a while. But if they want me to look more like a football player, you know, I was in a commercial with Dak Prescott, not too long ago, and then I, I played a football player with Terry Bradshaw on another commercial. If I go do a role like that, I'll eat carbs, so then I look more like a lineman, I look blockier, and I look more like a bodybuilder. So it's really interesting how you can manipulate your body just by simply changing your macronutrients, even with, even with keeping the same calories. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's huge. There's so much beyond just the calorie count that matters. Yes, exactly. With- with I mean you're you're a strong dude man you were you were pulling six plates on deadlift at that NACA meet and greet, um, when you're training heavy like you do, do you notice the 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 style of eating that you're following at the time having a pretty profound impact on your strength in the gym, or does it stay pretty even keel? That's actually a great question. So, one thing I've noticed is the longer I do keto, um, well first off I'll say. The longer I've done keto, the easier it is for me to switch between fuel sources and not really feel poorly like I used to when I initially did keto. Mm-hmm. And secondly, in terms of strength, um, initially my strength will dip, but the longer I do keto, I don't notice it too much. But the biggest thing is, even if I'm having plenty of salt in my food, the, the biggest thing is, and I know you're familiar with this with electrolytes, if I have like a tablespoon of salt before I work out, my pumps will come back and usually my, my strength will skyrocket. So as long as I'm doing that, it doesn't really fall off too much. And I know with the energy system 
with keto, you're not supposed to have as much power, but honestly, for the most part, it's, 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 it's pretty close. Um, I, but I, one thing I'll tell you, I don't really do one rep maxes a lot anymore. Yeah. Just simply because, I mean, when I was 21, I used to bench like 525 pounds and after you strain pecs or you strain certain things and what you, you, you know, I, everything I do is fitness related. If I hurt myself, it's not going to really help me with what I do for a living. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I'll lift like, like when I deadlifted there, I hadn't deadlifted in probably six months at all. Like not one time. Wow. So that's impressive. I, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm naturally just really, I'm just naturally really good at deadlifts and certain movements like that because, you know, honestly, my grandpa. <laughs> so, so I, I got to thank him for that. But um, I will say I don't have quite as much power, but usually as long as my electrolytes are where they need to be, I don't notice too much strength loss. And when I usually when I add in when I usually add in carbs, um, just to change it up for a little bit for a few for, uh, uh, a few short weeks. I don't notice a huge jump in my strength. I, I I really don't. I feel like one thing that carbs do is since you hold more water with carbs, it's, it's easier to keep your electrolytes balanced when you're taking in carbs. Yeah. It takes a little bit more work if you're on a keto diet. But I feel like the main you know differentiating factor towards your strength is is more so an electrolyte balance than it is a uh, intake or or absence of carbs. So I feel like if you're on top of your electrolytes Absolutely. while you're keto, you're pretty much, I mean, you're not really going to have a negative effect on your training at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, absolutely. And what's interesting is, uh, I'll actually share this. So, so, um, I'm a trainer at big tech gym and big tech gym is a pretty well-known gym. I mean, it's in Austin. It's been voted one of the best gyms in the U S or actually in the world by a few publications. And we have, um, Ben Pollock used to train there. He's one of the top powerlifters. He has a ton of records. I think he was in the 181. And I mm-hmm. forgot what his total is, but I mean, some of the guys at my gym deadlift like over 800 pounds. You know, there's, there's some strong guys. And um, one of the other trainers, I, I'm, a, I'm a trainer there, but one of the other trainers is I, he actually specializes in strongman. And I used to do strongman as well. But during his whole prep, he was keto the entire time. And for competition, to be a little more explosive, he did have some carbohydrates um, a day or two before. But, I mean, he, he, he went to New York and broke a record. It was uh, um, in Strongman, they have an 18-inch um, pull. Mm-hmm. You know where you pull, uh, it's, it's 18 inches off the floor. And he pulled over 900 pounds at 181 pounds. That's crazy, um, man. And he did that training keto the whole time and only had a tiny amount of carbs right before just for a little bit of extra energy and power. So I've actually seen a lot of powerlifters utilize keto in their training. Um, you don't hear a lot of them talk about it, but a lot of them do utilize that for strength. Why, why is Especially that? You think when well, see, he had, to, he had to meet a weight class, mm-hmm. and it was more favorable for body composition, but also he feels a lot better. And it's funny that, you know, I was just talking about my forearms already aggravating me from just like the past month. You know, I, I just kind of enjoy myself when I go back to keto during certain parts of the year. He's done the same thing, and he was already talking about his inflammation's bad, and he's hurting as well. So he's experiencing exactly the same thing, but especially with the I, – I like to do a lot of volume, and I like to train. And he lifts super heavy. So I think for us, 
it's a lot more beneficial, like you were talking about, for recovery and um, making sure that you keep your inflammation levels low. Um, with, with, with that style of training, I, I used to do World's Strongest Man. When, when you're training that hard, inflammation is the number one in, enemy, especially with your tendons. Your tendons will kill you. Yeah. And the limiting factor is usually not your muscles. It's usually your tendons. And so when those can recover faster or you're not having to think about your forearm, I mean, even right now grabbing my steering wheel, it's, it's, it's aggravated. Even grabbing, you know, a 10-pound plate with my left arm, it's aggravated. So already my body's saying, hey, I want to go back to keto. Why do you he's f- getting the same thing. Why do you feel like a lot of people don't talk about the fact that they're on keto? Like they'll be a world-class powerlifter or strongman or bodybuilder, and they like keep that, you know, kind of on the down low for whatever reason. Uh, honestly, I think there's a stigma, you know? I, and 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 I honestly, I think it's really silly. You know, I think either I think that one thing a lot of people are guilty of is they they either want to be this or that, or uh, they 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 want to put a label on a person. You know, and I, I don't think that's necessary. I think again, you know, the best diet or nutrition plan is going to be the one that you're going to stick to. And I do think everyone's different, even though I think keto can be utilized for most people, or it can at least at the bare minimum be utilized as a tool to make someone more sensitive to carbs, you know, and then keeping those levels really low. But I, I, I think a lot of it just has to do with stigma or, you know, a lot of people I'm sure you've heard, Oh, that's a fad diet. Even mm-hmm. though it's been around since the 1920s, honestly, it's just silly. It's, it's, it, it, it's really silly, but the, the longer I've been around a lot more really high end serious power lifters, even the ones that do eat carbs, they will utilize keto during certain t- times of the year to be the really good ones, the really high end ones will utilize keto to reduce inflammation or become sen- more sensitive to carbs and give their body a break. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I, I, I think, I mean, cause if you're just constantly eating carbs all the time, the inflammation builds and, and a lot of people have trouble, in, you know, uh, insulin sensitivity over time or a lot of bodybuilders just want to get as big as possible and they're eating six to eight hundred grams of carbs, but honestly, I just don't think that's necessary at all. It's not, even to put on a lot of size. You know, it's it's, it's not necessary. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people try and over overuse the carbs. I mean, you just said that you're you're you rarely ever go above one hundred, two hundred grams. And I mean, and and what are your stats? Just like the the listeners can get get an idea. I mean, you're tall. You're you got a lot of muscle. What what is your frame? Yeah. So right now I'm a uh, I'm six three. I'm staying between like 275 to 280. When I when I do keto, immediately I'll drop like about 10 or 15 pounds just because glycogen. Mm-hmm. The more muscle you have, obviously, the more glycogen you can hold. So usually I sit when I'm doing keto around between 260 or 265. Um, I earlier next year I'm going to do some modeling stuff, so I need to actually be a little bit less. So I'll be about probably 255 to 260 when I do the modeling. And then if I want to get bigger, you know, it, it fluctuates a little bit, but I usually stay within 10 or 15 pounds. Um, just because I did that show, my weight's probably gone up a little bit, but it, I'm usually about anywhere between 265 to 280 at the heaviest. And, and you, good. and you, I mean, like, that's crazy, man. Like, you've got that structure, that build, you rarely ever go above 200 grams of carbs. What's crazy is you get people, you get females that are like 5'3", and their coach is saying, hey, you got to get at least 250 grams, 300 grams of carbs in or else you're not going to be able to yeah. build muscle. Yeah, and, and and when people tell me that, I think it's kind of crazy. But, I, you know, uh, 
at my gym right now, there's a girl eating more for her bodybuilding show than me just because she has a crazy fast metabolism. Yeah. And what I've noticed is just everyone's different, you know? But the main thing I'm concerned about with all my clients is inflammation and their quality of life, you know? Mm -hmm. if, 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 if I can have them lean out, be happier, feel good, be present for their family, be in a good mental state, not just be grouchy all the time and lose weight and achieve all their goals, why would I, why would I do it the other way where they're miserable and then they're so miserable that they just start gorging themselves and eating all this food to go right back to where they were and they look good for like a few weeks? It just doesn't make sense to me. Totally agree. You know, with re with regard to the metabolism that you mentioned with her, I mean, you've worked with a lot of people. What are some things that you're seeing, like just trends you're seeing, as it relates to, uh, you know, people being able to ramp up their metabolism? I mean, it's it's pretty normal to see a dip in metabolism as you drop calories for a show or for a photo shoot, whatever yeah. that may be. I feel like people can understand and grasp that concept, but they don't really mm -hmm. know how to ramp that back up. And you see a lot of people that are just chronically under eating and dieting, and they don't really know what to do to fix things. So, what what are you seeing out there? Like, I'm assuming you're probably seeing that trend pretty frequently yourself, right? Yes, I, I, yes. Um, I I feel like everybody, just like you were saying earlier, and I agree 100. It's not just about calories and calories out. Do calories matter to an extent? Yes, absolutely they do. But what other hormonal responses are you getting? You know, are you is your body getting enough micronutrients? You know, and I, I, I always have to explain to people, like, look, I have to make you healthy to lose the weight. You don't just lose the weight and then become healthy. Yeah. It's, it kind of works the other way around. But most people that I work with have broken metabolisms. And what they've been doing, they keep on reading everything online. There's so much information, which is great, but at the same time, it's hard to decipher, you know, you know, as you know, it can get confusing for a lot of people very quickly. But the main thing I see is most people aren't eating enough or most people are not tracking what they're doing, so they don't know what to change. They're eating a million different things. And at the end of the week, they don't even know what to change. They don't know what's working. They don't know what's causing the inflammation in their gut. They're really gassy and they're not digesting their food efficiently. So what I'm seeing is most people are not getting their micronutrients in. That's almost... 90 to 95 percent of people i work with are like that secondly i would say a high majority of people are not eating enough mm -hmm. uh, especially really overweight people it's usually not that they're eating a ton usually they don't eat anything and then they gorge and their body's overloaded especially with carbs and mainly what i see is just really poor eating habits like you know i see binge eating i see not eating at all I, or I see, um, you know, intermittent fasting not utilized correctly where mm -hmm. they think they can just eat whatever they want. And now they've created a glorified binge eating problem rather than it being effective and eating what their body needs when they break the fast, you know? Yeah. So I mean, I'm seeing a mixture of all of these different things or people do or people will do well for a while and then all of a sudden they fall off and they undo everything that they've done the past year and, you know, a month or two. Because it, what, what I'm seeing is it's a lot of people are not adopting lifestyles. They're just following a plan, but they're not changing their habits. Totally. And that's what I keep on seeing a lot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's hard, man, because, like, people, 
like everybody wants to lose weight and look good for pictures and whatnot, but they it's hard to for them to grasp the concept of you know fully embracing and accepting they may gain a little bit of weight back as they try and ramp metabolism mm-hmm. up. But if that leads to better overall health and you are able to reset your baseline at a better better level, hormonally speaking, metabolically speaking, calorically speaking, for that, you know, it's totally worth it in the end. And having that kind of long game mentality towards it is, is a hard sell for people. And and it's it's strange because yep. they don't they're not they're not really from the, the fitness and nutrition background. I mean, you and I just kind of grew up doing this stuff, so it kind of comes more natural to us, yeah. but it's a hard sell for people that are not brought up learning about this, how that, how that mechanistically works, you know, within their body. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's like, there's so much media out there and everything's the new, the new diet book, the new diet, uh, you know, every Quick, magazine yeah. cover is like how to lose 15 pounds. It's just stupid, man. It's just so much noise out there. Uh-huh. No, exactly. And then, and then. I think a lot of people don't know how to just put their head down and just have laser beam focus and just say, okay, if I keep on doing the right things, just like, and and, and I'm sure you've had clients like this too, where immediately the first week they're like, well, I didn't, I didn't lose five pounds. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, look, look, we lost two pounds the first week. Or I'm like, let's, we're not going to make any changes the first two weeks. Your body has to get used to this. And I always explain, look, you have to get healthy first to lose the weight. Yeah. It, it, just just trust the process if you keep on doing the right things just like if you keep on doing the right things in life you eventually you'll make more money your relationships will get better if you keep on improving each and every day things will improve there's just no way that's not going to right totally it's the same thing with nutrition but also also a lot of people don't realize that and i'm sure you get this a lot too that you can work on your uh uh you know, most of it is nutrition, but at the same time, are you getting enough sleep? Mm-hmm. And what do your hormones look like? Some people have really, really messed up hormones that they do need medical help where, you know, I think a diet can do a lot. But at the same time, I used to work at a, a clinic where we were, I was actually over medical weight loss, testosterone and erectile dysfunction. And a lot of those are because of diet but also there are so mo there's so many phytoestrogens estrogens and everything we would test every single person's testosterone when they came in and the thing is this is a primary care facility we weren't putting people in super physiological ranges we're just putting people in normal range Mm -hmm. so it's not one of those clinics where all these a ton of bodybuilders are going no it's like the you know to make sure people are are feeling good again they have the libido back um they're getting a little more more sensitive to insulin they're not just insulin resistant they're not super depressed now they feel better so now they have more energy to actually go do things now their red blood cell counts where it actually needs to be so um there are so many facets a lot of people think that just by doing a diet for one or two weeks it's it's not going to just change everything you have to look at all these facets but first we start with nutrition and sleep when you have those okay now let's see what's working or, 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 or let's see what's holding you back now. And then we'll look at, you know, sometimes you need to go get your hormone panel taken because there's a lot of different kind of diseases. And also there are a lot of autoimmune diseases that are due to poor eating habits for an extended period of time. Totally. And, and a lot of people get frustrated and they give up instead of really trying to figure it out. But the, the thing is in the medical industry, Doctors only take a few classes on nutrition. They don't really know that much. Mm-hmm. They really don't. And I have a lot of, 
when I would work with physicians and nurse practitioners, a lot of them would ask me questions and I was surprised that they didn't know that, you know, I mean, they really know about infectious diseases and, and that's how the medical industry works. We focus on infectious diseases and everything like that, but we're not, we're never fixing the, the core component, the core problem, right. which is nutrition, which is what we're focused on, right? Can you, can you dive into the uh, hormonal, like testosterone in particular? I'm actually getting my, uh, my testosterone, everything, I'm getting a full blood panel test done on Friday. Uh, and there's a lot more to it than just looking at your total testosterone. So can you get, di- dive into that and kind of shed some light on what people should be looking for if they're going to go get a blood panel done? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of people have, um, first off, I have to say that I'm not a doctor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I just happen to know a lot about this. Um, so a lot of it has to do with hormonal balances. I mean, obviously you have everything from cortisol to testosterone and estrogen, but the main ones, let's say if a, a man goes, the main three things you really need to focus on are estrogen. Total testosterone is important, but what's really more important is free testosterone because mm-hmm. Total testosterone, some of that can be balanced by steroid hormone binding globulin. Without getting too nerdy and, 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 and going into all this detail, basically how it works is total testosterone, some of that can be balanced, meaning it can't be utilized. So what you want to look at is free testosterone. What can your body actually use? Okay. So, um, and, and the thing is, everybody's different. So um, our range with a lot, every lab slightly different, they'll be pretty close. So our range between normal testosterone is 400 to a thousand. Some are, some are 250 to 1200. They're all relatively close, but some guys can be symptomatic, meaning they can have low libido or sex drive. They can be depressed. They have trouble sleeping. They can have um, erectile dysfunction. Um, They can have all those different things. Uh, Sometimes, you know, a doctor will say, oh, you're normal range because the old numbers used to say 250, where they can be 350, but their total testosterone is either too low or they just need to be higher to feel normal like they used to. Everybody's numbers are a little bit different. Different. Everybody's body is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, but the main thing you have to look at is testosterone, estrogen. Those are the main things because some guys, their testosterone will be healthy, but their estrogen is either too high or too low. And that can cause a complete loss of libido or estrogen's too high. It can cause water retention. It can do a lot of different things. So, um, but what I've noticed is a lot of people are also nervous about that as well. And the thing is, is there, there's three things when you're on TRT that are really important to look at. Okay. Um, uh, obviously your estrogen, total testosterone, make sure it's in a normal range, but then um, uh, your hematocrit, your red blood cell count, and then your PSA levels. So PSA is basically a measure of, uh, 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 basically that's a, that looks at your prostate and th- as long as it's, that number is consistent, usually doctors usually don't stress about it too much, but if it went from, I think the range may be a 0.5 up to four mm-hmm. on the range, but if it goes from a 0.5 and skyrockets to like a five, then you might have prostate cancer or something's going on there. So that's just something that routinely doctors look at. They'll, they may, if someone's on TRT, they may look at it every, uh, at the clinic I worked at, we did every six weeks. Um, some of the other ones will be every six months. But usually as long as that's pretty consistent and it doesn't just randomly skyrocket, that's usually not an issue. Um, estrogen, 
Um, testosterone converts into estrogen. It's called aromatization. Some convert more than others, um, which you do want some to convert because if you if your estrogen's too low, one reason women have a higher HDL, which is high density lipoprotein, which basically what that does is that goes and pulls the LDLs, the low density lipoprotein. A lot of people say that's the bad cholesterol. Um, and what that does is it brings it back to the liver so then it can be discarded and excreted out of the body. Mm-hmm. The LDL does serve a purpose. Think of it as if you have inflammation in your circulatory system, like let's say a vein or an artery, um, think of that kind of like as a repair mechanism, like the, the, the spackling like in the vein, you know? Uh, yeah. Basically, it makes sure that everything's running properly. But the thing is, if you get a buildup of that, and you spackle a wall over and over in a thin hallway, what happens? Now that space is really small. Now you're going to have high blood pressure, much higher, uh, a, a much higher risk of, you know, heart attacks, things like that. So too much of a good thing can be bad, right? And that's where the HDL comes in. It removes a lot of the LDL from the system. And LDL also carries other things around the body. Um, but uh, but uh, usually... Uh, Sorry, what was I saying? I apologize. No, you're good. I, what was the? Uh, I, I, what, what's a good range for the estrogen for a male if their testosterone, like if you're looking at a healthy range between you know 350 to a thousand or whatever, what would be a good range for the estrogen? You know that really just depends on the lab. All labs are slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, I believe, on the high end. So I, I'm actually looking this up right now just because it's different every lab. So this says 10 to 82. So let's say if your your range is super high and it's 150, well, your your estrogen to testosterone ratio is probably off. You're probably not going to feel good. You're probably not going to have a libido. And if it's too low, um, one thing that estrogen also does is it also helps uh, lubricate your joints and, and, and it keeps inflammation low with that. So it's really important to have a normal range. If you notice, the key here is to have a normal range with everything. Mm-hmm. Everyone's range is different with, with, with where they need to be to feel good, but as long as it fa- falls in that normal physiological range. When you get extremes on one side or the other, that's when most people have problems. Right. But when someone's on testosterone, the main thing, like I said, they look at hematocrit, estrogen, and um, PSA levels. So we talked about PSA and estrogen. And also, if estrogen gets too high, meaning testosterone too much is converting into estrogen, they can give you an aromatase inhibitor. Basically, what that is is it's a um, it prevents some of the aromatization of testosterone into estrogen. So usually that's half a pill to a whole a whole pill a week. That's up to the provider, but um, that uh, not only is it cheap but effective, and it's a really easy way to fix the problem, put you back in normal range. With estrogen, gotcha. um, and then the last, last but not least, um, the last kind of risk factor is hematocrit. That's red blood cell count. If you're so, whenever you take testosterone, it stimulates um, bone marrow, which produces red blood cells. Right, red blood cells carry oxygen, which is great, but again, too much of a good thing is bad. So usually the range goes up to about 52 to 54, depending on the test. Every point that you get above the range, your chances of stroke and having a blood clot and things like that, the really yucky things you don't want, um, goes up substantially. So uh, some people, uh, when they, whenever they are on TRT therapy, some people's uh, hematocrit climbs faster than others. Again, 
That's why it's so important to get labs done. And as long as you get labs done, the, the, the best method to fix that is just to donate blood or, or get a therapeutic phlebotomy where they just discard a pint of blood. Whenever they take a pint of blood, it usually brings it down two or three points. So that let's say if you're at a 54 and you need to be back under 52, you donate blood, you're probably going to be anywhere between, you know, 49 or 50 afterwards. Gotcha. So as long as you're controlling those different things, then yours are pretty good to go. And the only reason I'm talking about this is there's so many guys that want to get bigger, they're doing everything right, or they want to get leaner, they're doing everything right, and their the diet's right, everything's on point, and they get stuck. And what's the limiting factor? Well, it's, it's, it's usually hormones. You know, it can also be thyroid hormones, different things like that. That's a little more complex. I don't really know as much about that. But I'll tell you, I've seen guys come in that were complete jerks when they first came in, and then I see them a month later, and they're like, hey, I'm sorry, Michael. I, I was a jerk to you. I just didn't feel good. I feel way better. I'm sleeping better. Um, I have a lot more energy. And a lot of the, the energy increase is usually due to having higher red blood cell count, right, because they have more oxygen that's carried. Right. So a better recovery, um, you know, longer workouts in the gym, better cardio, you know, everything usually improves. So um, that's something that – that's always something that is kind of a last resort if everything else is – on point and uh, we're not getting the results we want, then we have to look at that avenue. But again, it's about putting someone in normal physiological range. It's not putting someone in Mr. Olympia, you know, levels. It's about just putting your body where it needs to be and where it's supposed to be. And it's not just about performance or looks. It's about quality of life. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, man. Like I, I compete in natural bodybuilding federations and, they're mm-hmm. so strict with their rules and regulations uh, that you're not able to supplement with this at all, even if it just brings you back up to natural uh, natural levels. Yeah. Like, all of that's outlawed, mm-hmm. which is yeah, kind of crazy. And, and, uh, we, we would actually have athletes come in. A lot of, like, cyclists would come in. Mm-hmm. And I can't talk about specifics. You know, HIPAA, HIPAA laws are really important. Of course, I never, you know, that's really serious. But... Um, it's it, it just interesting, interesting to me when someone's health's at stake. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Or they're, they're having a lot of mental problems because their levels are low. I, I don't think people understand how poorly someone can feel. I, I mean, I mean, you may not want to do anything when your levels are low, like mm-hmm. nothing. You have no energy. You don't want to get up. You, you can be married. You don't want to do anything with your wife. Like what kind of life is that, you know? And, and, and I'm not saying that it's for every single person, but I mean, I, I'll just put it this way. We would have 25 year olds come in and I was surprised when people weren't low. Yeah. Surprised. We would have out of 10 people, maybe one or two would not be low. And even out of them, they're probably at like 450 where our range is 400 to 1200, which is normal. So they can still be symptomatic at that level. So their insurance may or may not cover them just because they're 50 points too high. But the thing is, is your testosterone fluctuates. Mm-hmm. So even so, even some insurance companies require two tests that are under 400. So you may come in, you may feel like crap. You may have to come back three or four times before you have a reading that shows, shows that. But the thing is, you know this guy needs it. He's symptomatic. He's already tested low. And he's barely coming slightly ab- above that level. But uh, one thing I'll tell you is I think a lot more doctors are getting more comfortable with it. Um, a lot more doctors are seeing the benefits. They're seeing their patients have better quality of life. They're seeing their patients 
come off antidepressant medications. They're seeing their marriage improving because now they actually want to do something with their wife, which I think intimacy can be important in a, or is important in a marriage. Yeah, for sure. So, but, but again, it all comes down to quality of life. And I think, I, I, I think that's really important. What do you think, like just in, you know, working at this clinic and seeing, you know, all the patients that are coming in, is there like any particular, uh, you know, patterns that you picked up on as far as like, you know, certain, uh, you know, lifestyle choices tend to gravitate towards, you know, producing the lower levels and the few that you've seen that have come in that have high on, on normal levels, they're typically following, you know, X, Y, or Z type of lifestyle. Like, is there any particular patterns that stand out to you? Um, mainly, honestly, just lifestyle, lifestyle and sleep, sleep and nutrition are one of the main key factors, I think, in that. But again, honestly, there's chemicals in everything we use, phytoestrogens and everything. I mean, that's why, that's why a lot of people have imbalances with estrogen and testosterone. I mean, mm-hmm. look at every plastic, a plastic is a polymer based on oil. That's an estrogenic compound. Even the, a lot of the processed foods we eat, that's why it's so important to when you can, and really when it comes down to your budget, like, you know, try to eat organic when you can, because a lot of even the packaging of the food, you, you get a lot of plastics in there, and that does affect your hormones to an extent, you know? But yeah. uh, a lot of it, a lot of it has, has to do with sleep. If you read studies, um, a normal, like, 22, 23-year-old male who has optimal testosterone levels, they'll test that, you know, before they may have one one or two nights of poor sleep or they don't sleep. Their levels plummet like 30 or 40%. Is that permanent? No. But that just shows how big of an impact sleep has. And I think that's, I think as a society, a lot of us are overworked or stressed, yeah. you know, and eliminating that can really improve things substantially. Yeah, it's, uh, the sleep is a huge factor for sure. And like, honestly, like the, the, the plastics, man, I, uh, I was blown away. I started diving into this. I read, uh, had the author of Estro Generation come in. He was on my podcast, and we were talking. And really? I just could not believe what some of these numbers were coming out at. Like just in the, the products that we use every single day, like the like the the shampoos, the toothpaste. I mean, everything that you're using, like the the water bottles yep. you're drinking out of, like it has a K-cups. like a notable K-cups noticeable impact. Yeah, K cups. I mean, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like people, it, it's it's kind of crazy because like after I you know, learned all this and started switching things over to, you know, stainless steel, uh, you know, things that are, are not going to have as much phytoestrogens or artificial estrogens, people will give you hell for it, man. They'll be like, oh, this this is robbery's trying to work on his hormones or something. But, like, all that stuff compounded over time makes a, a huge impact. So I don't have any yeah. shame in, in swapping out those things and making a point to be as clean as I can with it. And, and one thing that you said that I love that, that really stands out to me is, and I, I know we both work with clients and I keep on saying this over and over, but when it comes down to it, where, where we're at in life, where our health is, where our money is, everything that we have is based on all, where some of all the decisions we've made up to this point, right? Mm-hmm. So even the seemingly small decisions that don't seem like they matter, whether that's educating yourself. So, you know, about some of these potential risk factors, so you can mitigate them as much as possible. But all these small things add up over time. All those poor decisions like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'll go to sleep later. Then, then you know, you're lacking sleep, and that adds up over time. 
or making a poor decision where eating that extra 500 or 600 calories a day, that adds up over time. Now that's adding up to 10 or 20 pounds over time. Or um, drinking on the weekends, you know, that can add up. And plus financially that can add up instead of maybe spending a few hours in the morning where you, if you would have got more sleep and you didn't drink, you feel better. Now you're working on yourself. You're heading in the right direction where maybe you want to make a new career move and you're not happy where you're at. Right. All of it comes down to these seemingly small decisions that don't seem like they matter, but they all matter. Mm-hmm. Could not agree more, man. I feel like having that, you know, long game approach to life and, and knowing that every every yeah. single thing that you do has an impact whether you like it or not is, is the only sane way to look about it and, and go through your life. Are there any specific... Um, like like hacks, I don't want to use the word hacks, but like are there specific things that you personally, knowing what you know, use or incorporate into your own life as far as like ways to minimize the artificial estrogens or get better sleep or, you know, I guess we can use the word, the bio biohacking term. That's pretty pretty popular right now. We'll just throw that word in there. But like is there anything particular that you use yourself, knowing what you know? Yeah, so um, first off, I, I'll just I'll readily admit sleep is my, that's my weakness. I got to get better at that, I, it, you know, and I just want to say that because we're sitting here talking about clients and everything. We, we all have something we need to work on. We mm-hmm. all do. And I don't think it's about being perfect, but I think it's about striving to be the best version of yourself all the time. But secondly, um, uh, one, one hack I'll, I'll talk about is if you know, I, I, so right now I'll talk about nutrition. So um, one thing that I have, trouble with is I get really, really hungry, especially after my show, like really hungry. And I know you talked about reverse dieting when you're at um, the uh, NECA event. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing is, uh, one hack is, and and just like this, I'm not specifically talking about intermittent fasting, but if, if I'm, especially when I have like, so this morning I had to wake up at 530 out of 6am client today. Um, It's a little bit slower right now because it's holidays. But I had a 6 a.m. client, and then I worked out after. So what I did was I know that I'm going to get hungry later, and my metabolism has been revving up since after the show because I've been slowly increasing calories, right? So one way, one hack that I have is I'm going to start eating later in the day because I know I want to eat every two and a half to three hours. I don't think that's necessary. But for me, what I'm trying to do now is so I'll start eating later because I know if I start eating too early – I'm going to be starving. So what I do is I wake up, I, I drink a ton of water. Uh, I usually have, um, I, I like to use a green supplement mm-hmm. um, in the morning. It just makes me feel good. Uh, and, and, and right now, uh, another thing I'll, I'll talk about is, is, is specifically, um, you're asking me about hack. Uh, I'm having trouble talking. I start a little bit. Uh, anyway, w- one thing that, one thing I really like to do, and I talk about this at the at the NECA event, um, really in terms of um, having a hack, is I right when I wake up in the morning, I like to write down on a card some things that are really important in column A, things I need to get done, because I'm really ADD. If I don't write things down, I, I, I'm all over the place for the whole day. Mm-hmm. So write what I need to get done, and then uh, uh, B is what I need to get done for the week, and C is things I need to get done in the near future within the next month. But I'll get to them later, and then I can look at whatever I didn't get done on that card, and I'll update the card from the next day. So I do that at the morning and night. So right when I wake up in the morning, right when I spring out of bed, I know exactly what my agenda is. I know what I want to accomplish, and 
I don't check my phone for the first hour or two unless I need to text a client or something like that. Why? Because I'm dictating what I want to work on and what my agenda is. And instead of the world or an email is, and instead of getting distracted by what other people's agenda is for me, I decide. I like so, it. So you're making them for the yeah. next morning. You write them the night before. Yes, I, I write the night before. I don't do it every night, but that's something I've. Uh, what I'll notice is when I'm not as productive or I'm kind of slipping. You know, I think we all have times of year where, like, okay, that week I did not get as much done as I need to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I th that's not up to my standards. I need to change. And every time that happens, I get away from these foundational things that have helped me get to where I'm at today. I'm still working on things and still improving things, but this note card thing works really well. And what I put in the top left corner, and I actually talked about this there as well, is I also like the shape. I'm really big on mindset. And, and I know you were talking about uh, stoicism mm -hmm. and Danny Vega's, uh, I was actually on this podcast last week. We, we, we talked, which is awesome. Um, but uh, I'm really big on mindset. So there's three things that I always like to do. Um, one thing I like to do morning and night, start my day. And, and I think I think the biggest thing is setting the tone for your day, right? And also, even before you sleep, um, because then you dream about what, uh, uh, then basically you, your, your mind will dream about kind of where your mind's at right before you go to sleep. So I think mm -hmm. that's important too. So I read, the first thing I do, because I, I, whether you believe in God or the universe, I either I, I read a chapter of the Bible when I wake up. It takes like five minutes. It really sets the foundation for my day. Um, I pray. Uh, I'm like, you know, I want to follow you. Just uh, speak through me. Um, just help me be the best version of myself and help me help other people. And let it not be about me. Let me not lean on my understanding. But just whatever path, whatever you want me to do, please also put people in my life where, you know, we can grow together. I like it. So, and then, sorry, you go ahead. I said I like that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, um, I usually listen to one motivational video a day. I like to listen to a lot of speakers. Um, I don't usually look for one specific speaker just because I think, depending on where you're at in life, sometimes you can listen to some things and maybe one day you're like, oh, this doesn't resonate with me. But then, depending on where you're at in that specific moment, something else may resonate with you that you never thought would before right and you'll hear someone else's story and you're like wow this is exactly what i'm going through right now or i felt like just like that person before and then maybe that person's really successful now and you're like wow these people are just like me if they can do it i can do it you know mm -hmm. um so I, I like to listen to a motivational speaker or uh, a lot of motivational speakers and uh, uh another thing that i like to do is i like to read one chapter of a book or at least a minimum of 10 pages uh to better myself for either either professionally what I'm doing or something I want to learn about or maybe something I'm considering in the future. So right now, um, I've seen a lot of clients with uh, autoimmune disorders, and I want to get a lot better at working with them, specifically with one to maybe the ketogenic diet doesn't work quite as well for them, or maybe, and, and you probably had clients like this, they just don't like a lot of those foods and they're probably not going to stick to it. So um, I, I just I picked up a book called The Walls Protocol. Mm -hmm. Actually, in two days, I read 180 pages. But basically, this is just a really in-depth, um, basically, it's a modified paleo diet. But, I mean, he goes into great detail about, you know, uh, sulfites, about uh, 
just all these different chemicals found in, in food that, and, and what, uh, it, it basically talks about just a lot of autoimmune uh, disorders and, and how, what foods to eat to help with those specific autoimmune disorders and what to avoid. So this is going to help me be able to work with even more future clients, you know? So this is just something I always like to set the tone. So I'm always improving my mind support to keep you younger for longer. Uh, I like to work on my mindset each and every day. And I like to listen to something that inspires me each and every day to keep me going and remind me of why I'm doing all this. That's huge, so, man. Those, I mean, I feel yeah. like a lot of people, they just, they, they get into like this like stagnant spot in life where they're just complacent. They feel like they've made it enough. They're comfortable now. There's no need to keep hustling. And you just start dying when you like, there's no, there is no maintenance. Like you're either going up or you're going down, period. So I like that you're actively, I agree. you know, going up. That's good. And, and you know what? I used to be that person. After I quit playing football, I, I felt lost. And I was like, you know, and I, I know a lot of athletes go through this mm-hmm. where you're so good at something, you know, out of, out of, you know, football is huge in Texas. And, um, and I know it's, it's really big in a lot of other states too, but like the Dallas Fort Worth area, there's not a lot of places where football is bigger. I mean, yeah. the quality of like how many people get D1 scholarships, um, it's huge. And I, I got Dallas, for defense player of the year and when they called me i was like uh are you sure you got the right i never thought i was that good people always i was always really humble because i was always so hard on myself it's Mm -hmm. good and bad right but um so i I, i've been up since like 5 30 and i flew in from new york so if i keep on blanking out (laughs) (laughs) no no, you're good man (laughs) but 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 I, oh yeah. So, so whenever I, I ended up getting a concussion, you know, at the university of Texas mm-hmm. and I had to go on medical scholarship and just help out the team. And that's when I worked in the weight room at, uh, under mad dog. His name is also Jeff Madden. Um, he was the president of the strength and conditioning association over all D one colleges. So that was a huge blessing because I learned so much from him. And not only that, he was just a great mentor and a great example of what a man should be honestly. Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of a blessing in disguise. But when I graduated with my degree in fitness health promotion, I knew that's what I wanted to do. But honestly, I'd never had a job before. I didn't have a lot of confidence. I was, you know, I'd never even had a job interview interview before. I was like, what am I going to do? And for a few years, I felt lost. And I really felt scared to really put myself out there. And I just felt like I existed for a while. And I know what that feels like. You know, you just feel like, and also you feel like, things aren't going to get better. You just feel like you're in a well and there's a tiny little bit of light and that represents hope. And that light gets smaller and smaller. And you're like, are things going to ever change? I just need to get my foot in the door. I need to do something. And luckily, you know, some doors open and I think uh, God helped me out a lot with that, whether you believe that or not. I think, I think there's something greater than ourselves. I think most of us can agree with that, you know, that, uh, but Luckily, you know, I got into sales. I, that was a big confidence booster, and that's not what I wanted to do long term. But I think the biggest thing is people should look at every single opportunity and look at the good in that situation and what can you take out of that that can lead to something that you actually really want to do or that you're passionate about it. About You know, yeah. um, I used to stutter so bad I made myself take a job where uh, I talked on the phone for a living, and I could barely talk to my family on the phone. Really? That's how bad I used to stutter. Yeah, I, I would, I would never have that guessed that, man. I feel a like top person in the company. Yeah. Yeah, I would never have guessed that. I feel like you're, I mean, yeah, I feel like you're totally coherent on here. I don't feel like you're starting at all. 
Yeah, and, and if I start thinking about it, I'll do it a little bit. But um, the only reason I'm talking about that is I really want – I feel like my mission in life is to teach people that, look, you can – I want people to live life, not just go through the motions and exist. Like mm-hmm. you just said, it's it's depressing. You You wake up and you don't have anything to look forward to. A lot of people just live for the weekend or they just want to go get drunk. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone. I, I'm the last person to judge people. But when you realize that you can actually do something that you love for a living, you can be passionate and, and you can help other people at the same time while doing something that you love. I mean, that, that's, that's living life, you know, and, and whatever that is for you, whether you want to go paint houses or whatever it is, wherever you're at in life, you can work towards, you really can change who you are inherently because a lot of the times the reason that people don't, don't really progress or they don't live out their dreams is because they never work on themselves. And then that way, when an opportunity comes, they're not ready for it, you know? And if you just, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time. Well, whether it's reading just 10 pages of a book or read something that inspires you or, if, you know, I've had people tell me, well, that doesn't work for me. And I'm like, you know what? I thought that, but I hit rock bottom so hard that I was like, you know, whatever, whatever is out there has to be better than what I'm doing now. I can't live life this way anymore. And I would rather people not to ha- have to experience that, you know? Yeah, I, totally. I, 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 there, there's so much beauty in life. You just have to have your eyes, ears, and heart, heart open, you, you know? And I really believe that people can really enjoy and, and do what they love. And that doesn't mean that every, every day is going to be candy land. It's going to be, you know, hearts and rainbows all the time. That's not what it means. But what it means is if you just keep on putting one foot in front of the other and making small changes over time, just like we were talking about earlier, what you brought up things, there's no way that your life's not going to improve. And a lot of that has to do with how you think of yourself and what your self-talk is inside. Because I think that's really what dictates, you know, success, your relationships, all those. Because if you believe that you're not a good person and you believe that you don't have anything to offer, well, you're, you're, you're right to an extent. It, it, it doesn't mean that that's true, but it means that you're always going to limit yourself. But if you keep on doing the little things right, like when you wake up, you make your bed, or you do these little things to build trust in yourself, and you start with the small things, and then the bigger decisions get easier and easier to make. Now you're ready for something. When something big comes along, you can actually take advantage of that opportunity. You have more confidence in yourself. But it starts with these little small things that seemingly are so insignificant, but yet they are at the same time. Because when you let yourself down, the worst person you let down is yourself. And when you let yourself down with something small like, I'm going to wake up at 8.05 and you wake up at like 10 o'clock and then now you start your day and you feel behind. You just lost trust in yourself. Now you feel not only behind, you may feel anxious, but also you don't have confidence in yourself that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And keeping your word to yourself is one of the most important things I think you can do. Could not agree more, man, like 100% on everything. I mean, that's honestly why I'm a huge fan of going through a contest prep every so often because like, I need to prove to myself every couple of years that I can subject myself to that hardship, that discipline, that consistency. And then when I come out of it, I'm just freaking on fire, man. Like I know that I'm limitless and then I can take that, that mindset towards anything in, in my life, you know, outside of just competition prep. But like people need to have those things. They don't have to do a prep, but that just is how I manifested it myself. But anybody would benefit from going through 
something and proving to themselves that they can stick with it. Because a lot of people, like, they hear all this positive self-talk of, you know, believe in yourself, uh, you know, you can do anything you want in life, find the job that you love, you never have to work a day. Like, people hear all that, and I believe all that, and I I know it all to be true. But at the same time, people, it's hard to get from, like, one spot where they're not happy to that spot. Like, they don't know how to fill in the gap, basically. And that gap is oftentimes filled with things that are less than optimal, less than ideal, things that are not desirable. But you have to get through that before you can get to what is desirable. And I feel like a lot of people are just, they're entitled and they feel like they just automatically deserve that great thing. But you have to really earn that great thing. Yes. Well, I think I think the reason that a lot of people have that is, is they're not willing to, to, to pay their dues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when I got into sales, I started at GNC and, and, and you know what, there's nothing wrong with that. But here in Austin, I wasn't making enough money to even stay here. So I was like, okay, my store was number one. And I was like, wow, I guess I'm good. I, I, I'm good with people. I, I love talking to people. I genuinely care about others. And I think that's why I did well with that. And I knew, had a lot of knowledge and I was only there for a few weeks, but my store was number one for the first time. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't have a lot of confidence going to that job, but I was like, okay, well, even though I stutter a little bit, you know, I'm getting over this a little bit. And maybe I'm good at the sales thing. Maybe I'm good at talking to people. I still have a lot of confidence, but that was a tiny little boost in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. And then it went to working at Gold's Gym and doing sales there. And within my first two months, I became like number two in the company. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't a fluke. I still don't have a ton of confidence, but hey, I'm doing something right. And I'm not where I want to be. But you know what? I have a little bit more skills, a little bit more confidence. Now I can take a little one of the training wheels off. I might have to lean on the left side a little bit. It's not perfect, but we're heading in the right direction, right? Then two people, I talked to someone and and, and I was just like, God, like what? I don't know what to do right now. Like I need my foot in the door. I'm still not making that much money. And I was stressed. And, and instead of thinking of a long game, I was thinking about right now. And I think that's what a lot of people get caught up in to think about right now. Or they think that, they they define themselves by their failures and they don't realize that look you're not a failure you failed at something instead of looking at it as a negative thing be grateful that now you know how to do that's one less that's one way that you did it wrong now you have so many other ways that you did it right mm-hmm. so be thankful and w- when you're thankful for your failures and you look at it as more of a learning experience instead of beating yourself up and thinking you're a failure then you realize that, okay, when you just that subtle mindset, that, that, that mindset change is huge. So I went from that to being an account manager, managing a three and a half million dollar book of business. And then in less than two years, I became the top salesperson. And honestly, I was like, why am I doing a, a, a phone job? I can barely talk, but I had one friend to say, hey, um, I work here. You should apply. I can help you get a job. And then I was like, I don't know. And then another person, and I had been praying about this. I was like, just get my foot in the door. Help me. And then another person was like, you know what? Uh, You should work here. And when I had two people in less than three days tell me the same thing, I was like, you know what? What do I have to lose? I've already done well at two places. Um, I wasn't there very long, but you know what? Why don't I try this? And then in less than two years, I became the top salesperson. But you know what? What helped me, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying that what helped me, there were days where I would be, I would be shaking. My heart would beating out, be beating out of my chest. I would stutter so bad on the phone, but I was like, you know what? To get to where you want to go, this pain and this discomfort is temporary. There are days where I wanted to call into work. I didn't want to go because I was so anxious, but you mm-hmm. know what? I made myself go 
And you know what? Another thing that helped me, or long-term, I found the keto diet through doing this, and that helped me. So look at all these doors that opened up or new paths that opened up where I never even would have ever even considered these options before. Just by taking a leap of faith and trying something new, and every day I would focus on like, okay, what can I improve on this? Okay, my intros are good. I have trouble wrapping up the phone call and really and a lot of these people are really confused. I need to focus on this. So I, every day I would put a sticky note on my monitor, what I need to work on. And then when I master it, I move on to a new concept. So again, it was just working on small things each and every day that added up to being big changes long-term. Yeah. And it, it's the same, it's the same principle. And every day I would just be like, put one foot in front of the other, in front of the other. I don't like this job, but what do I enjoy? Okay. I, lo I love music and I love, I started getting really into like, that's when I first started getting into self-improvement and mindset. Now I love it. And because it's, it's really changed my life and it's changed me who I am. And I want to share this with the world because it's so powerful and, it, it, and it's not like you have to do some drastic change overnight. Just again, it's, it's, it's small things. But what I would do is I'll put a headphone in and I'll listen to either a song that was inspirational. or I would listen to maybe some of those mindset videos. I'll listen to a book that would help me with my craft. And right when someone answered, I would pause, pause it and, and talk. So I was like, how many other people get to sit here and listen to music or do something they enjoy? Even though I don't enjoy this other part, let's focus on what I can control and let's focus on what I do love about this job. And that's, that's how I got through it. Even though it was tough, that, that's, that's how huge. I got through it. And yeah. That's huge, so man. I feel like I, so many people, they, they have this idea of who they want to be, what their ideal life looks like. And they feel like they're capable of doing that, but they don't live that mindset. Like the mindset that they would have to adopt to live their ideal life, they don't adopt that same mindset when they're not yet living their ideal life. And I feel like that's a huge mistake a lot of people make. You have to live that in order to, in order for it to be manifested and become reality. Yes, and it's not reading one page and your life's changing. It's about working on it every day. And just like nutrition, we we're talking about. All of this is lifestyle changes. It, it's, it's just, again, you're a sum of all your decisions that you made up until this point. So it's the same principle in the future. So when you think about who you want to be, think about, okay, I think the hardest part starting out, like when I started my journey, is looking in the mirror and being like, I don't like who I see in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I don't recognize myself physically. I I, I'm, I, you know, I felt I was like, I, I was like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And, and you, you get that negative self-talk. You're like, I feel like a loser. I feel like I'm behind because you compare yourself to other people. Like all these things, I used to do all these things. And then when I was completely honest with myself and I looked at myself and I'm like, you know what? The reason I'm here right now is because every mistake, mistake I've made. And you know what? Pat yourself on the back for you played college football. You got all, you know, you earned a scholarship. You got school paid for. You ended up you know, it didn't work out the way you wanted. You ended up getting a concussion that ended your career, but you know what? You earned that. So why is life any different? Was that, was that being an athlete in college, was that easy? No. Was getting there easy? No. How many people wanted that same spot? If you've done that before, you can do this. Mm -hmm. And even though that chance of that, that little glimmer of hope or that tiny amount of confidence that I had gotten from that, it was tiny, but I had to focus on that and I had to focus on the good. And, and every day that confidence grew just a little bit, a little bit, and you're just nourishing it, you know, and it grows and grows and grows. 
And it doesn't mean that you're not going to go backwards some days or you have a week or two where you're like, what am I doing? But those, those spaces, those mistakes become fewer and farther between. And then you learn to just brush it off. Be like, okay, I've made, I've, I've made a mistake similar to this before. You know what? I'm not going to make it again. And you move on and it gets easier and easier. But I just, I just really want people to know that no matter where you're at in life, things can change. Things can get better. If you're looking for a relationship, you will eventually find someone who compliments you, you know, you, but you have to work on yourself first to be able to accept that love and know that you are enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you are everyone, everyone has a gift inside. Everyone has something to offer. Maybe you haven't found it yet, but you know what? You have to put yourself out there. It's not going to fall from the sky. You have to continuously work each and every day and things will happen you have to keep on doing the right things over and over. And I don't, I don't know why. I just feel like I have to share that because I had so many people help me along my journey and I don't know where I would be today if other people did not help me. And, and sometimes it would be just one person being like, you know what? I think that's a negative place where you're living right now. Why don't you come here? You're not going to have to pay rent for the first month. I just want to help you get on your feet. I believe in you. You're a good guy. You came and shared this information with me. I didn't even ask for anything. I have a son your age. I just want to help you. I had so many people help me, like, out of the blue. And I think that, again, I'm a spiritual person. I think that, you know, looking up, that a lot of that came from him. But I was also willing to put myself out there. And I can't, I can't claim credit for all that. But I think life is really about giving and sharing lessons that you've learned to help others. And I think a lot of times when we go through things, it, it's because now we have the ability to not only help others, but now we can, now we have a story to share with other people so that maybe if someone's in a similar situation, like you, you can help people that I could never help because you have a different story, right? Mm -hmm. we, 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 we all do. We all have different experiences, different backgrounds. But I think at the end of the day, I think we're meant to help each other and I just feel compelled. Like I, I have to do that. It's not an option, you know? And I feel like if we all adopt a mentality similar to that, or if we all just do something each and every day to make someone smile or just help someone that can, you never know if that's that little nudge that someone needed that, that helped them go down their road or go down their journey to, uh, you know, be the person that they're meant to be. So I, I just think that's really important and it's something that I really want to share. And that's why I always talk about mindset because it, it's so powerful, you know? So I, I completely agree, man. It's, it's funny because like I, I didn't know what to expect when I met you, you know, I didn't know what to expect having you on a podcast. Uh, you know, like you're a big guy, you're in the nutrition space. It's pretty typical that, you expect to talk about nutrition. We talk about that a little bit, but I love the mindset aspect of things and everything you've said mm -hmm. has hit home and is just pure gold because you know, you're absolutely right in everything you said. I mean, there's so much takeaway to be taken away from this and my 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 goal is the same as yours. Like both you and I have come from a place that we were unhappy and and gotten to a place where we're much happier. Not necessarily where we want to be at the end, but we're we're getting there and we're working towards that day after day. Yes. And anybody is capable of doing that same thing. Anybody is capable of achieving greatness. And 
being able to empower people to do just that is what my mission is all about. So like, what's your mission is all about? Like, we just want to help our fellow people. And there's nothing cooler than to be sitting across the table from somebody that is doubting themselves, lacks the confidence, isn't where they want to be. And then like you say something or you pull back in your memory banks and share something that happened to you. And then you just see the spark light up in their eyes. They look up and they feel like they're empowered to go do something about their life. Like that is the best feeling in the world. Absolutely. It is. It is. And it's not, and it's not even about, it's not about us. Right. But just knowing like, it's almost like you relive how you felt when someone helped you. Totally. You know, and it, it, it just, it, it's amazing how just such a small thing can have such a big impact. I mean, how long does it take to just say one encouraging word to someone? What, a minute or two? Like, did that really t- take away from your day, you being so busy? How much time do we waste, mm-hmm. you know, on, on minuscule things or watching? I think it's great. And one thing I've realized, it's great to consume. Like, we're in a culture where we consume constantly. But what makes us different than, like, a lot of other animals or species in the, in the world is that we have the ability to create. We have the ability to create art and, and do something beautiful. We have the ability to, like, we're, we're completely, uh, you know, we can be completely authentically ourselves and be different than anyone else in the world. You know, so I think it's really important to also, this kind of came up in my head because I've been thinking about this a lot. Because honestly, recently I've been watching, for a while I was just kind of, especially after my show, after working so hard for something, you know, I know it's normal for a lot of people to get depressed or kind of not feel lost, but just kind of, I don't know if you've ever had that. Have you ever done a show and you work so hard for something? It's almost like you don't know what to do with your time when you, when you come out of it. Oh yeah. You know, I, f- I fell into a, a massive so- depression, man. I fell into a massive depression after my first show. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I've been kind of in a funk, like overall things are good. And I have so many, there's, it's funny because things can be going so well and there's so many blessings. Like I had a producer, I can't say too much about it, but I have a lot of opportunities that I briefly talked about earlier um, that I've always kind of known could happen, but now they are happening and doors are starting to open. Um, and again, that's just putting myself out there. A person found me on Instagram. They're like, Hey man, I really like your mentality. I like that you really care about helping people. And it's just amazing when you're optimistic and you never know where life can take you. And that's mm-hmm. the beautiful part of life. There's never a point where you're arri- arrived and everything's just good. There's always going to be challenges and quote problems, but it's how you perceive them. Totally. And, uh, but, but what I was talking about earlier, sorry, I'm really ADD, so I kind of go all over the place, but nice. um, we have the ability to create. And I think a lot of times we just consume, 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 and it's easy to just kind of turn your mind off and just be staring at the screen and you're not even really thinking. But when we take a step back and think, what do we actually want? Now we have the ability to create, like write a story or a poem or how can I help the community or can I put on an event? When That's what kind of separates us from the rest of the world. And I think that's something that I'm trying to be more mindful of now. Um, because we only have so much uh, time is the most precious commodity we have. Mm-hmm. And I think how we utilize our time on this earth while we're here briefly, um, the grand scheme of things is like a blink, blink of an eye. I think it's kind of our responsibility, our duty to maximize that, you know, and also enjoy the ride because like I said, there's never a point where you arrived. 
there's never a point where you're just happy every single day. It's always going to be some form of struggle or some lesson that can really, uh, or, or some problem that can really teach you or, or get you ready for something in the future. But uh, I also think that's really important. 100%, man. I mean, life's a journey. And just going through it every single day and living every single day and trying to leave it better than you found it, you know, that's that's what it's all about, man. Could yep. not agree more. Yep. Well, shoot, brother. We've been talking for over an hour and 15 minutes now, so I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got a lot going on. I know you're sleep-deprived, so go get some sleep so you can improve the hormones. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, um, uh, I just want to say, hey, thank you so much for for having me on. Um, and, and I also wanted to say... Uh, I love surrounding myself with like-minded individuals. Like people are passionate about what they do and really want to make some change. So I really have a lot of respect for you and what you do. So keep on doing what you're doing, man. I, I hey, think it's awesome. I appreciate that, man. More than you know, that means the world. Well, let's definitely keep in touch because, I, like I said, I've I've been nothing but impressed by what I've seen out of you since I've met you and, and since then. So I definitely want to have you in my corner and stay in touch, without a doubt. Hey, hey uh, absolutely, and. Um, let me know if you're ever in Austin. I know you're in Arkansas. It's not too far away. And I know KetoCon will happen next year. I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to go next year. I actually haven't been. i got to make it make it happen. Yeah, make it happen, <laughs> man. It's worth it. So, and I, I go to Austin quite quite frequently, so I'm, I'm in your neck of the woods a lot. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you in the future. Absolutely, man. Real quick, where can people go to follow along and find out more about you? Um, so um, one of my main avenues is uh, – uh, at the keto Hulk mm-hmm. um, uh, on Instagram. Um, also, I do have a website, theketohulk.com, or also uh, if you type, type in Hulk Built, that actually will take you to the same website um, as well. So at the keto Hulk or uh, theketohulk.com. Awesome. I will link out to that. People make it easy to, fi- to find you. Uh, Michael, pleasure as always, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep making a positive impact in the world. And I really appreciate you, brother. I'll try my best. You as well. Thank you so much. Take care, man.